When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 319th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, A Peek Ahead to the Scouting Combine. All the teams from across the league will descend upon Indianapolis next week to get ready for the Combine. There will be testing of over more of more than 300 athletes, basically a job interview where they'll be getting uh, their medicals done, some testing, some football drills, and interviews with every team from around the National Football League, including your Atlanta Falcons. Now, today we're going to go, we have five topics for you. We're going to look at the first round. We're going to discuss the locals. The local players at the Combine, Georgia and Georgia Tech, and all the locals from the area, we have 38 that we ferreted out. And then on number three, we're going to discuss the Combine Week, how it's laid out, and you know, mostly just for your TV watching. Uh, and we'll be reporting from behind the scenes up there in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. And fourth, we'll do the Falcons uh, free agency situation as we're um, – Going up, those things are running concurrently here in the last couple of weeks. And then fifth, we'll do a tribute to Ricardo Allen, the former Falcon, who retired earlier this week. So let's get started here today. Uh, after a short break, uh, post-Super Bowl break, we are back at it here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Uh, the Cover 9 at 9 blog is up on AJC.com. We wrapped up the uh, HBCU Legacy Bowl. Found uh, some players down there that folks were, uh, scouts were telling us about, and uh, we wanted to share that with you in the Cover 9 at 9 blog, so go on AJC.com for that. But as we head into the um, Combine, you know, these mock drafts make no sense before the Combine, and I spell that out too in the Cover 9 at 9. But, um, you know, folks love them, and, um, you know, there's just not much stock in them. Uh, and you just have to go back to last year or two years ago because we didn't have a combine last year. Two years ago, when we're right this time, I was doing research on AJ Epinesa, the defensive end from Iowa. He was going to be the Falcons guy, he was up there in that group. And then he ran a 5.04 at the combine, so he ran himself right out of the first round. Uh, ended up in Buffalo, and so you know, until they do this combine. Most draft boards are not stocked. Uh, Bill Polian has uh, shared that with us and shared it on uh, his uh, show on uh, uh, NFL Radio that teams don't have their board stacked until after the combine. So how are you going to have a mock draft? It's just a bunch of um, uh, you know uh, guys that watch college fo- football thinking that they know where guys are going to fit in the NFL. So uh, with that disclaimer, <laughs> we're going to still discuss – uh, some of the, you know, the people, you know, uh, Todd McShay has, 
USC wide receiver Drake London going to the Falcons at eight. You've seen some other names, but, you know, like I said, we don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, but Georgia, Georgia guys are, are you know, it's going to be four, maybe four. Uh, our guy Mike Griffith thinks five. Uh, Georgia guys getting selected in the first round. And McShay had in his latest mock head to Kobe Dean going 15th to the Eagles. Uh, Trayvon Walker going 16th to the Eagles. They got, you know, back-to-backs in there. Uh, Jordan Davis going 20th to the Chargers. Now, if he runs big time, he runs a, a big number up there and can convince teams that he can play on all three downs at 340 pounds, then, uh, you know, he might move up. But they got him going to the Chargers at 20. And then uh, defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt going 28th to Green Bay. So those are, uh, you know, some of the first-round setups going in. Um, you know, the Falcons' needs, you know, you're going to have people talking about needs versus best player available, and that's going to shake itself out here uh, at the combine. So, um, you know, there aren't any quarterbacks that are considered top ten players, so the Falcons need uh, some team to come up in front of them and, uh, you know, draft a quarterback and push some good players down. Now, uh, the guy I'm keeping an eye on is Charles Cross here. Uh, out of Mississippi State, because I know they need uh, offensive line help. They know they need offensive line help. They know they need defensive line help. So uh, no real mystery there. But if you got a Kyle Hamilton sitting there and he can make your defense better, Derek Stingley sitting there, uh, maybe you fix the line later. So we'll see how this shakes out. And free agency is going to tell us a little bit about that also. Now, let's move on to item number two, our local players. we got a long list like we always do. It's over 30 usually. Uh, a couple years dipped down to 28. But uh, 38 is a robust year because uh, Georgia's got a lot of people up there at the combine. They, uh, they got a lot of folks going. And, uh, you know, so that, uh, that boosted the Georgia uh, crowd. We call it the Georgia Connections. You either play high school ball here in the state, or you played at one of the state universities. So, uh, Andre Booth, defensive back, Clemson, Archer High, AJC Super uh, 11 in 2018. He's uh, uh, came out of high school as a defensive back wide receiver and, uh, you know, did had a good career up there at Clemson. Next, Jake Camardi, the punter from Georgia, Norcross High. Cornerback uh, Lewis Seen from Georgia. He's the 63rd ranked prospect by CBS Sports. So do the math. Do the math. Uh, 32 teams. Uh, so 64 is um, second round. And so they're usually a little out. So you go second, third round on Seen. Running back James Cook hurt himself by not going to combine. A lot of people from Georgia don't think so because he had a couple games in the playoffs. Uh, but big combine for him. He's going to have to show up there what he didn't show at the Senior Bowl. I think he got some bad advice. Probably a third or fourth round pick, uh, James Cook, running back. Dalvin Cook's little brother. Okay, Yusuf Corker, defensive back from Woodland High School's Henry County guy. Uh, a little bit under the radar safety prospect is what we have on him. He measured a little uh, smaller at the um, 
Senior Bowl, which, you know, happens because the teams, colleges overhype their guys and have them listed uh, like a Sawyer. They had him listed a little bit taller than he was and a little bit heavier. But he was 5'11 and a half at 204, which is, you know, fine for a hard-hitting, strong safety prospect. And uh, that's Yusef Coker, Woodland High. Of course, Jordan Davis, we talked a little bit about him, the big guy. Uh, CBS Sports has him as the 27th prospect, so that's first round. And then we have McShay taking him in the 20th. So at some point, I don't know if you're the Falcons, do you trade back? You get out of there and amass big people? Yeah, that, that would be a good strategy. I know um, me and Mike Cunningham talked about that. You know, the quarterback's not there. I'm not, uh, you know, we, we won't get into Willis at eight at this point, but uh, Pickett at, at uh, eight, that makes sense. Um, you know, the quarterbacks are just, you know, Matt Carell. I mean, you know, nobody's there. There's no Joe Burrow in this draft, so keep it moving. And get big guys. That's what, uh, uh, you know, we learned under Ryan Wolf in Green Bay. This is the big man's game. And the Falcons having uh, their big men have been getting pushed around. So uh, just get the biggest guys you can and, uh, you know, go from there. So, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker. Georgia, 13th rated player. He'll probably be the first dog off the boards. Uh, Kingsley Ngabare, the defensive lineman from South Carolina, played at Hatefield Charter Academy. He well, he got a lot of um, a lot of love at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Joshua Izindu, offensive line, North Carolina, Archer High School. Jeremiah Gimbel, linebacker, North Carolina, East Colweeda High. He started 13 games at linebacker, was 13 all ACC, and uh, finished second on the team with 75 tackles, had seven uh, hurries, leading the team, 5.5 tackles for loss, 1.5 breakup. Uh, Just a good football player, didn't see him rated very high anywhere yet. So big time, big combine for him. Tyler Goodson, he uh, running back, Iowa, Big Ten, uh, North Gwinnett High. You don't see too many uh, Big Ten backs from Georgia, but they, um, well, I guess you do sometimes. Darius Walker was one back in the day. Tyler, well, he was Notre Dame. But Tyler uh, Goodson, running back, Iowa, North Gwinnett High, uh, had a good solid career there up there for the Hawkeyes. And uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety, Notre Dame, Maris, uh, probably the first Georgia player to go off the board. He's ranked third overall by uh, CBS Sports. Talking to his dad the other night, he wanted to know, hey, Led, are the Falcons going to trade up to get my boy? I said, I don't think so. I haven't heard about him trading up. You know, trading back makes sense. So I was like, uh, you know, what about Houston? Are you okay with going to Houston? He's like, oh yeah, we like Lovey. The cover two is nice. They uh, so so that's where uh, that's where we're at with Kyle Hamilton, and we're trying to get him lined up for a appearance here with us uh, post combine. We've been in touch with his folks at Athletes First. Uh, he's not doing too much pre uh, combine. We'll get him up there. I'm assuming we'll get. Uh, we get most of the top players up there at the combine and uh, make sure we uh, get some some time with Kyle up there. He was a Super 11 in 2018, 
30 on the SAT. He was uh, in the 93rd percentile. So I can't imagine the Falcons not liking him. He's a smart, uh, big kid, 6'3", 190. Uh, you could put the whole defense in his hands, um, you know, to get everybody lined up and so forth and have it set for 10 years. So, uh, you know, if he, he, I don't think he slips to eight, but if he does, uh, I could understand that pick. Kevin Harris, running back, South Carolina, Bradwell Institute. Uh, Connor Hayward, tight end, Michigan State, Peachtree Ridge. Oh, Chris Hinton, this is one of my favorites. You know who it is. That's little, that's little Chris Hinton because big Chris Hinton played for the Falcons, former Pro Bowl tackle. Uh, you know, some believe belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, but his boy, uh, defensive lineman, played at Greater Atlanta Christian. AJC Super 11, uh, coming out of Michigan. So, uh, he's got, you know, the NFL, they like the jeans thing. They'll be like, oh, that's his, that's Chris Hinton's boy. Yeah, I like him. So, uh, Darion Kendrick, defensive back, Georgia, came over from Clemson. He looked, he looked good at the senior bowl, but he kept getting beat. Uh, so, but yeah, he's, he, you know, they're going to love his speed and he's going to have the numbers and, He's going to be a guy that somebody's going to take a, uh, a flyer on at some point in the draft. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, defensive lineman, Western Kentucky, Cedar Grove High. We got Zacoby McLean, linebacker, Auburn out of Valdosta. Uh, Smoke Monday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Smoke's, uh, uh, I think it's his granddad, worked at Amazon with one of my guys. And so we had to hear about Smoke a lot uh, all over his days at Auburn. But Smoke, uh, good little defensive back out of Carver High. And uh, Maryland tight end, Chazimba Okondawa from Hillgrove High. He uh, will also be a um, combine participant. Here, let me just uh, scroll back down. And went up, got away from me there. Screen got away from me. Dylan Parham, offensive lineman, Memphis, out of Carrollton High. And George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. Um, you know, came back from the injury, showed his feet. Uh, good player, but, you know, uh, we'll see. Um, you know, how he does in the interview process. He's going to have to convince the teams he's not a me guy and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Damian Pierce, running back, Florida, Bainbridge High. Uh, Jabari Soller, he's going to be a guard, y'all. He was a tackle at Georgia, but he shrunk at the, he shrunk at the Senior Bowl. But um, Georgia Pace Academy. Braylon Sanders, wide receiver, Mississippi Callaway High School. Mayan Sanders, defensive line, Cincinnati, Camden County. Mayan uh, had a great senior bowl, showed some speed off the edge. Uh, it's probably, you know, people need pass rushers. Falcons need pass rushers. So he's going to go, he's not going to go real high, but he's a quality ball player. Justin Schaefer, offensive line, Georgia, Cedar Grove High School. Uh, Letitia Smith. Offensive line, Virginia Tech, Fitzgerald High. Bay Balin Specter, linebacker, Clemson, Calhoun High. Wanye Thomas, D-back, Georgia Tech. I believe he's the only Georgia Tech invite. Wanye Thomas, the cornerback, 
from Georgia Tech, or defensive back. I don't have them separated out as uh, corners and safeties yet. Okay, J uh, Channing Tyndale, linebacker, Georgia, 75th rated player, according to CBSSports.com. And, you know, we'll look at everybody's rankings and uh, talk to all the teams. And, you know, for as we get closer to the draft, we'll have our composite of the top 10 players at each position. So, you know, CBS Sports, I like to look at them because, um, you know, uh, uh, they do a good job over there. Look at them. Look at everybody, really. But, uh, you know, and mostly when we talk to the scouts and the GMs up there, they help us get uh, things in order. I know I got my guys for, for running backs. I got a guy I talked to, for, got, you know, scouts for tight ends, uh, linemen. Uh, you know, quarterbacks is easy. You can get the people to talk about that. But so, uh, yeah, that's kind of how we end up with our top ten is if, you know, we keep hearing about you being a good player, uh, you're going to go up a little bit. Okay, Quay Walker, Georgia, Chris County High, a 52nd rated player, CBS Sports. Trayvon Walker, defensive line, Georgia, out of Upson Lee, AJC 2018 Super 11. Uh, he came out as a 6'5", 272-pound guy. He was on our Super 11 list. He's the first. He was the first Super 11 from Upson Lee uh, from the AJC. He's also an all-state power forward on their basketball team, which had won two state titles in 63 straight games. Uh, one of the, thir the third longest run in Georgia boys' basketball history. Hey, but we're talking about football, so we see how he – Fairs in the National Football League. Jalen Watson, DB, ended way out there at Washington State uh, from Laney High, uh, Augusta. Uh, Zamir White, running back, Georgia. Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty, Roswell, and Westlake. So he played uh, at Westlake with uh, A.J. Terrell. And then the coach uh, left, and then he left. Uh, and then that was a good team. I saw them playing the playoffs, and all they needed was the quarterback. So uh, it was some hard Westlake feelings about Malik leaving back in the day. But same thing. He went to Auburn and uh, couldn't get on the field there. They, they but uh, did a good job at Liberty and played himself into a, a NFL situation. And uh, we'll see where he lands. Jelani Woods tied in Virginia Cedar Grove High School. And last but not least, Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman, Georgia Towers High School. So there are the 38 guys that will be participating in the combine with Georgia Connections. And right now we're going to toss to a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're on to item number three. This is episode 319, a peek ahead to the scouting combine. So the scouting combine starts next week, February 28th through March the 7th, according to the NFL, the scouting combine that runs the operation. Uh, I know we're here to see a different date on um, March the 1st, but the official date is 28th. That's when the doctors get in and get all lined up. But for the viewing public, um, you know, they'll get there on Monday, uh, the teams will start talking on Tuesday. Uh, the Falcons are uh, set for 1 o'clock p.m. Terry Fontenot at 1. And um, Coach Arthur Smith goes at 1.15, back-to-back on podium three. So we uh, will be carrying that. I don't know if we can do Facebook Live or, or how we're going to do that, but it'll be up on AJC.com right away. Uh, so we might um, – you know, I'll get clearance to see if we can just run roll the video Facebook Live off my phone, and we'll we'll do it that way. That uh, that's been fun in the past. I better make sure my phone's charged. So um, I'll see if we can get that. So we'll just go straight live, and then we'll have the stories off of that. Um, you know, we should have some breaking news. We should have some Ridley news. Uh, we should have some uh, free agent news. We'll get into that later here. That's a matter of fact, that's the next item coming up. So let's stay with the combine week. So that so we got the Falcons on Tuesday. Wednesday is uh, interview day. So hopefully we'll be getting Kyle Hamilton and some other big players. And also Gabe uh, Burns is going up to the combine with us. Our for um, you know uh, Falcon Atlanta uh, uh, AJC uh, staff writer formerly. Our Braves beat writer, he's going to be helping me. So if I can get to Kyle Hamilton, he can. If I can't get to, um, you know, some of these Georgia guys, he can. So we'll have you covered uh, throughout the week from from Indianapolis. And we'll bring some stories back for later on during the dead period. And so Thursday, this is the TV part because I know people want to watch. Uh, NFL Network will be uh, starting at 4 p.m. on Thursdays. you got the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. 4 p.m. Friday, you'll have the running backs, offensive linemen. And then uh, on Saturday, you'll have the linebackers, defensive linemen and, uh, at uh, 2 p.m. And then at 2 p.m. on Sunday, you got your defensive backs. Now, everything is slid back a, a day if you're a regular and been used to the uh, Monday being the last day. Now, that's going to be Sunday with the D-backs doing their drills. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, that'll be the last one. That'll close them out. Another change is that um, they've got them doing their workouts and their lifts on the same day. So, we're thinking a lot of people are going to opt out of the lifts so because they're not going to be at their peak uh, lift weight. I'm thinking the teams will adjust for that. Now, the top guys will be like, oh, I'm going to lift on my pro day. And the guys trying to, you know, make it, uh, make a jump up uh, and impress the scouts, they'll go ahead and do that. So uh, that's the layout of the week. And uh, we, you know, we got our, those 38 guys, we'll be chasing them. Certainly the top 10 uh, 
the the first round draft pick guys, and then uh, you know everybody's not a first round pick, uh, and they got a story to tell. We did do Malik Willis from the Senior Bowl. That doesn't preclude us from uh, doing him again. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, those are some of the key names and some of the locals that will be uh, myself and Gabe Burns will be tracking down at the combine. So um, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit here to item number four, uh, talking about the Falcons free agency plan. It's set to unfold. We've seen a couple moves already. Dante Fowler's been released. Matt Gano is is not coming back. Now, um, you know, this is the time of the year where the teams are analyzing their rosters and, and, and deciding, okay, we want to keep this guy because uh, we can't um, – we're not going to be able to replace him in the draft. So the Falcons, you know, they don't have a great salary cap situation, as Arthur Blank told us, but it's not as dire as last year. Uh, the big free agent for them is Corderell Patterson and uh, linebacker Fourier Ulukan, wide receiver Russell Gage, kicker Youngway Koo, and then I got to add my guy here, the long snapper, Josh Harris. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find out in the next couple of days. We reached out. I stayed up late last night, put my agent list together, uh, emailed Quarter Rails folks. Uh, Evan Brennan, we, we, we'll talk to him. That's uh, Poirier's guy. Uh, we'll talk to uh, – reach out to Pat Dye to see what's up with Ridley. Uh, so, you know, coming – we should have some news here after our dead period. Uh, they got to start making moves on, you know, whether – uh, they're keeping Ridley, whether that's uh, they're going to be able to work that out. Patterson, we're seeing two years, $6 million. Uh, I don't know. He, he's, his best contract was two years, $10 million with the Bears. Uh, but you need them. I mean, they, that's all they had. They had Corderell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. So, you know, if it, it costs a little bit, keep them. And, and then you're looking for players that can make plays for you too. So, uh, and they may be able to find some of those in the in the draft. So that's where we at with the Falcons uh, heading into the combine. You know, free agencies getting ready to unfold. Uh, they've either reached out to the agents and, and told them, "Hey, you're coming back," or "Hey, hold tight," uh, or "Hey, we don't have any money." Uh, we'll hear real soon of who's going to market and who's not. It's March the fourteenth uh, is the start of the tampering period. The transaction uh, period started uh, yesterday, uh, but nobody's expected. You're not franchising anybody unless you're going to franchise a kicker, which has happened in the past where they did Michael Kanan. So I don't believe that's going to happen here. So we'll get ready for the 14th and the 16th, okay? And uh, lastly, a number five uh, item here before, before we wrap up uh, this edition this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we want to give a tribute to Ricardo Allen. He was a good Falcon. I know they, they say in Georgia, he was a good dog, but he was a good Falcon. He got cut early on, fifth-round pick out of Purdue. Uh, got cut, you know, on, on hard knocks, and it was kind of, you know, kind of sad. He got cut, and uh, his, his wife, Gracie, was helping him try to remember stuff where they remembered the popsicle stick thing they were doing. Uh, but but then um, he came back. He made it back. He was signed to the practice squad, uh, got moved from cornerback. They were hoping he could be a nickel. Mike Smith's crew was hoping he could be a nickelback. 
that nickelback spot was problematic for for coach smith uh throughout his time here but uh then dan quinn came in they moved on free safety and he flourished started over 70 games there uh but more you know he was a good guy he always talked to the media and he ran the defense uh uh, did a good job for the Falcons. He was their Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee and, and also received the Pro Football Writers of America Good Guy Award in 2017. So let's hear from uh, Ricardo Allen. We'll bring him back from the Super Bowl week. Uh, Ricardo Allen, he was with the Bengals, so he went to two Super Bowls. He went to 51 with the Falcons and 56 with the Bengals. And he had some nice things to say about his time in Atlanta and how it ended. It was tough. It was tough. But it was something that uh, I kind of wanted myself. It was something that uh, I think we all kind of wanted. You know, yeah, my time my time in Atlanta, I, you know, my first seven years of my career, being able to, uh, you know, be under, like, uh, you know, just the Falcons and Mr. Blank family and uh, just being able to learn under that uh, organization. Man, that's that's something that uh, is, I'm grateful for because I was able to grow. I was able to build. Uh, they they took the time to um, develop me and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we, we got to go from not being high quality team or you know not a very good team at one point in time to you know getting a chance to play in a Super Bowl and almost you know and going to the NFC Championship and was one game away from uh, going to the Super Bowl two times in a row. So you know, and then things got a little rough, but. Uh, you know, I, I was able to you know, grow as a man, you know, grow as a human being, grow as a player. Uh, the Falcons uh, helped build me to uh, a lot of who I am today. You know, man, just uh, being able to get the opportunity to go to another team at the end, though, because I, I, to be honest, I didn't want to restart. You know, like I, I love the players and stuff over there, and I loved uh, everything about that locker room and stuff, but uh, I, I wasn't ready to restart you know, from ground zero again to a place that I, I already worked all the way from the bottom before, you know, and uh, I knew that new coaching staff was going to come in with not very much respect for me. And, you know, and it's just kind of how it goes when you bring in a new staff. So I was kind of uh, ready to go somewhere else and do something different too. And uh, I got the opportunity, you know, I, I never voiced that to anyone, but it came at the, you know, free agency. So it was kind of like perfect timing for me and my family, you know, I'm a, opportunistic kind of guy anyways. I uh, I believe that I got a skill set that uh, I can go anywhere and kind of help, you know, develop mentally, you know, the players around. And uh, I believe that's what, uh, you know, God brought me over here for, for real. This, this is my opportunity to come over here and, you know, see that I can help blend another team and blend the culture to be kind of like what we had uh, in Atlanta. Well, all right, that was Ricardo Allen. Yeah, he, uh, you know, the the, the Smith teams that had, had fallen down. He was here for 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 fourteen, then fifteen. The Quinn teams, you know, six and two, then eight and eight, uh, and then they took off the second year. Uh, then seventeen, they won. You know, they're on the one yard line against the Eagles. They win that game. Maybe they make it back to the Super Bowl. Maybe not. Then eighteen, everything went haywire with his injury. Uh, in the third game, I think Keanu and Dion were lost in the first game. He went down in the third game. After that, the defense was no good and, uh, uh, you know, never recovered from that in 18. And, and then it just went downhill from there. Uh, so we also asked him about his time at Purdue. He's from uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. 
um, you know, and, and went all the way up to Purdue to play ball and was one of the most productive boilermakers up there. So we asked him about his time at Purdue. Purdue is a uh, man. It's a wonderful place. It's probably one of the uh, reasons I believe uh, I'm uh, as polished and uh, as sharp as I am because coming from Daytona Beach, I could tell you that my education wasn't the best. You know, down there and uh, going up to Purdue kind of challenged uh, you know everything that I kind of knew in the sense of how I was raised and stuff like that. It was like a culture shock. So just being able to go up to Purdue and just uh, challenge yourself as like a true student athlete uh, is always uh, really cool. And then just being one of the guys who uh, can represent, you know, the Purdue badge always uh, on the big screen and, um, you know, just showing that uh, we have high quality players coming from their year in and year out. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a blessing. Um, you know, I, I enjoy uh, what the Purdue, uh, you know, coach, you know, coach Brahm has brought, uh, to like the, the new, you know, Purdue, because it's fun to watch the games. I feel like we're competing now. We're, getting, we're giving ourselves a, a chance to jump in the top 25 a couple times. And, um, and that's kind of like unheard of Purdue. So it's been fun to be, uh, you know, alumni of Purdue. Yeah, Ricardo played at Purdue with Will Lucas. And uh, I knew his mother, uh, Crystal Lucas. And so they were, they were good friends and, uh, Will's a linebacker up there with uh, Ricardo for the Boilermakers. And lastly, uh, Will um, Ricardo pointed out some similarities between the Bengals, who made it to the Super Bowl this year, and the Falcons and, and where they were at in 2016. And he sees a bright future for uh, for the for the young Bengals. I kind of had a couple interviews earlier in the season, and uh, I ended up comparing, you know, our team to the uh, the young Falcons at the time. And um, you know, at first I, I could tell a lot of people didn't truly like understand what I was saying, but uh, we have a, a really good foundation of, uh, you know, you can tell they, they started to build uh, the team around like very high quality guys and stuff like that. And uh, you know, just uh, the superstars that's on our team remind me of the superstars from. Uh, Atlanta, you know, uh, Julio, Matt, uh, you know, you got uh, all, the, all the guys over there in general just uh, are, are good guys. It, it wasn't like uh, they were, uh, you know, buttholes in a sense uh, to like people around, like the, how they treat the people, you know, in the facility. How do they treat the people around the facility? These, uh, you know, it's the same thing here. Uh, you know, start with uh, Joe Mixon, you go Burrow, you go uh, – Chase, you know, you go anybody, you really, you know, Henry, Trey Henderson, you go anyone. They, uh, you can see them outside of football still treating uh, the equipment guys, the people, you know, just the security people just holding the door. You can see them uh, treating these people with uh, respect. And, you know, that tells you more about somebody than anything, just uh, being a football player and just playing on the field. So, you know, first it all starts there. And then, uh, you know, we root for each other, you know, you could tell uh, it was a little different. I believe that's uh, something I helped uh, bring over here because I was able to uh, see, you know, a lot of that, the brotherhood at uh, the Falcons. And that's something that uh, I believe that Coach Zach brought me over to was to help uh, blend the culture. Um, because I truly believe that uh, a high tide rise all boats, you know, and we all win, we all eat, you know. So I make sure that, like, I, I tell everyone in the room, we don't set the depth chart and we don't uh, – give out the contract. So uh, if we're not doing that, then, um, 
you know, we should just focus on just uh, playing with each other, playing for each other, and like, you know, all the chips to fall, you know, you know, down the line. So it's like, you know, when we know that we're not the ones that's making the decisions or the, the, the important decisions, man, we just here to play ball and just enjoy each other because we only got such a small time to be able to do it. All right, that was Ricardo Allen. One of the Falcons of the Dan Quinn era that, you know, went to the Super Bowl and uh, couldn't sustain it. it that's a uh, study in, you know, how short the window is nowadays in the NFL. Usually you get to the Super Bowl and you thought that team was going to be around for a while. Uh, looks like, you know, Seattle had a window. Uh, you know, the Falcons window was that, that you know, 16, 17. Uh, they fell off by 18. Uh, injuries uh, helped it. Uh, you know, you're seeing now that, you know, the Rams are Rams were or, um, you know, kind of the we'll see how the all star team holds together over time. They they don't have any draft picks to supplement with. So uh, the recent Super Bowl champs, um, they went with the old school uh, Washington football team way where George Allen used to just uh, get all the old talent and go in that way. So uh, with that, we're going to get out of here and start getting ready. Uh, for the uh, combine next week, this is the 319th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We thank you all for listening, and we'll be coming to you from Indianapolis next week, home of the NFL Scouting Combine. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.